Welcome to a very, very special edition of TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Today I have in conversation Roxanne Gay and Seth Rogen discussing 90 Day Fiance. The ups, the downs, the best couples, the worst couples. We get into all of it today on TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Obviously, you are very excited for this interview, so we're going to just get right to it. I'm not going to do a clip of the week. I'm not going to do your spoilers. Very short watch list this week. I mean, I did watch more TV, but I'm just going to get to the highlights so that we can just get to this brilliant conversation between two geniuses as they discuss one of the greatest cultural phenomenons of our time, the 90 Day Fiance franchise. So let's get into it. It is the watch list. That is the part of the podcast where I talk about all the shows that I'm watching today, just the highlights. I have to talk about The Undoing, which ended since my last episode. I, As you know, I fell in love with The Undoing. I was all about these problematic white people making big mistakes. I thought, oh, there's going to be a twist. Here we go. And obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything, but... I suppose in a way it is a kind of a twist in that I think the show is basically just what you see is what you get. I think we wanted more and there wasn't more to offer. It really is just Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant being rich white people in amazing outfits. You know, you enjoy it for what it is. It's kind of like the same way you enjoy How to Get Away with Murder. It's just, it's, you know, yeah, it's senseless murder, beautiful mystery stuff. So that's it for regular TV. I really want to focus on this watch list on documentaries. As you know, I love documentaries. That's why I was so happy I got to launch the show with Seduced and write that piece for the AV Club. But I just watched three amazing documentary series that finished up over the last week. First, Murder on Middle Beach, which I've talked about. Amazing show that just wrapped. And I think this now, we can safely say a good documentary series is only four episodes. That's all you need. Four episodes. Let me show the evidence. Number one, Seduced. Amazing. Best documentary of the year. Seduced, number one. Number two, Murder on Middle Beach. Number three, Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults, and The Reagans on Showtime. Those four documentaries have set the bar. Four episodes. If you say need nine episodes or a second season, maybe you're doing something wrong, is what I would say. Because these four documentaries did such a good job. Murder on Middle Beach, the ending just absolutely tore my heart out. Like I've said, it is a documentary about this guy who is trying to figure out who murdered his mother. And in the end, he just has to confront family members in the most heartbreaking way. Uh, A lot of the suspects are his own family members. And it's just terrifying and just visceral to watch it's so good and in the end you're just like sobbing and you want to adopt him and he is now actually my son and i am his mother because i just love him so much and love this family and i just care for what they've gone through and i can't wait to the the ending sets it up for maybe more i mean i just said that whole thing about a perfect documentary only needing four episodes but this was the only one that set it up in a way where i was like oh my gosh please give it give me more what is the second season so i do think there's going to be more but i do think that the end showed us that they're really going to take the kind of time and care they need to parse it out so i'm excited and then i mentioned heaven's gate the cult of cults which just came out on hbo max four episodes all released this Truly was so well done. Uh, Heaven's Gate, everyone knows about this cult. People often make fun of them. And it's one of those cults where it's difficult because you don't have this sort of salacious element. You don't have this obvious victim element either because all of these people are so willing and so happy. And even the people who manage to kind of leave the cult, when they're interviewed, you see this like sense of sadness and longing and And it really is. I think the Cult of Cults is is a perfect name, and it was just incredibly well done. At the same time, as ridiculous as the cult is, it makes sense of it in a way that I don't think Heaven's Gate has really been given the care 
in most series that look at the call, I still think it is kind of the punchline because, you know, you have the Nikes and the obvious kind of jokes. But here you see really the impact of the families left behind. And I think that was what made this so different. I I just really loved the history and aspects they did. It also uses a lot of illustration. It very much reminded me of Seduced. I probably should have done my homework to see if they share any any of the same people because there were a lot of similarities in the way that it handled cult seduction. It also interviewed a lot of the same experts. But again, just really well done. So HBO maybe didn't have all the greatest documentaries on cults, but they did do it right with Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate and Seduced, very, very good very good entertainment if you're uh, someone interested in cults like me. Finally, the Reagans on Showtime just ended Cult of Personality in one way, I guess. But I really loved the way this ended. The last episode also really focused on Nancy Reagan and her love of astrology and how she just 100% used an astrologer to like schedule everything in the White House under Reagan, which is, it's fuck Nancy Reagan for life, but... To use an astrologist in the White House and everyone knew it. That's the thing is like, I always thought it was a thing no one knew at the time. And then it like came out later, but people were like denied it. No, this is really like Reagan's chief of staff just being like, I asked him about it. And he was just like, hey, man, that's her thing, man. She likes astrology, bro. You got to let her have her thing. And they all were just like, okay, cool, cool, Mr. President. So we will delay the flight until your astrologist says it's cool because your wife, that's her thing. Which, you know, real ride or die, Ronnie and Nancy. Gosh, at least they have each other in hell. Well, that is the watch list. I did, like I said, I watched more TV, but, you know, I, we'll get into it in other episodes because holy fucking shit, you guys. A few, I guess, weeks ago, months ago now, I tweeted, hey, Seth Rogen, I noticed you watched 90 Day Fiance. He tweeted about Colt. And I was like, please be on my podcast. And Roxane Gay was like, I also love 90 Day Fiance. And I was like, both of you be on my podcast. And then somehow they said yes. So even though I am still suspended from Twitter, still don't have my account. I did manage to make this happen before I was thrown off the platform. So in a lot of ways, you could say I won Twitter. This interview is my reward. And then I retired. So let's enjoy Seth Rogen and Roxane Gay. In conversation. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is perhaps the most important episode that I will ever do. Today I have Roxanne Gay and Seth Rogen in conversation on 90 Day Fiance, my favorite show in the entire world, two of my favorite people. Welcome, Roxanne, Seth, how are you doing? Doing well. Fantastic. I couldn't be more excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this kind of came about randomly. Seth was tweeting about the election results in Nevada and Colty came up, I think, a name very popular among 90 Day Fiance fans. We immediately were like, you're high, like you're 90 Day Fiance family, you're in the tribe. And Roxanne was like, I watched too. And I was like, please talk about this on my podcast. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's the thing I would be talking about anyway. So it's easy. The fact that it's on a podcast is just, it's a sheer convenience at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first off, what brought both of you to the show? Oh, man, I just watch a lot of trash. I 
there's <laughs> no trash that I will not consume. And I saw the commercials. And so I missed the first season, maybe the first season and a half. And then I started to realize, wow, they're doing like spinoffs. And so if they're going to spin this off, that means it's amazing. And I was also watching the prison show, Love After Lockup. Which oh, is love, love after, yes, so good. And what's great about love after lockup is that there's no there there. Like they take a day of filming and stretch it into 25 episodes. And so I just was like, I want to watch any channel that's going to air this trash about like international dating. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, and and you don't just like follow a date. It's like you follow them for years. You're like, what? wow, this couple has a family now. They finally were able to afford a house or a kitchen. This is amazing. And then now you see them like talking about other seasons on the commentary show, which I also watch. <laughs> yes, I also watch Pillow Talk. I also watch Strikes Back, where you watch them watching Pillow Talk to reply to what people are saying about them. It's just such an insane universe of a show. It's just like a whole world unto itself now. It's like the inception of television. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that snake that eats its own tail, but instead it's birthing its own tail. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a self-perpetuating machine at this point. <laughs> Seth, I was kind of curious. You were born in Canada. Were you a citizen when you got married? Did you have to go through a visa process? Is there a personal connection there? I was. So my dad is from Newark, New Jersey. So I've been a U.S. citizen since I was a child. But I actually know a lot of people that have gone through the visa. No process quite like the show. It's mostly I made uh, the movie Long Shot last year, the year I'm bad with time. But June, Diane, Raphael and Charlize Theron were like obsessed with the show and they would talk about it all the time. And it was New Year's of last year that me and my wife and some friends did shrooms and watched, I think, three seasons of 90 Day Fiance throughout the course of like one weekend, basically. And Do you uh, remember on shrooms what seasons you watched? We started at the beginning and then went okay. through the... And then I try, I try to do it chronologically. So yeah. I can, as Roxanne is saying, like you grow with the people and you see them like meet, get pregnant, have kids. Like it's a, it's a real it's okay. a real journey. I have <laughs> to say, I am impressed that you both watch chronologically. I... I consider myself an expert and people come to me, they say, Ashley, how do I get into this show, this universe? Do I start at a certain season with a certain couple? But only the brave are really ready to go. No, I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to just watch it in order. Every spinoff, go to happily ever after, go to before the 90 days. All of it. I think you know the whole story, like, because sometimes like they bring back couples from season three and you just, you need to really fully appreciate the momentous, of that person coming back just like oh wow they really brought this full circle all right all right all right yeah it's like a real it's like boyhood the link ladder movie like you're like it's like you're experiencing these people's lives in real time almost and it is like and yeah you lose track of them sometimes for like a few years and then they come back again and i will say they make it hard to watch it in order like it is not intuitive or easy like and especially with all the spinoff shows like finding how they kind of zipper in to the grand narrative is not easy and they do not make it easy it's as though they don't want you to really do that but they want you to kind of get lost in it i'm working on a guide that's like okay if you want to follow like Paul and Carini, you got to start with before the 90 yeah. days, oh, then you're great. jumping. Yeah, then they're come on. They're one of the favorites. Oh, I, yeah. Let's start actually here. Paul versus Carini. Are you team Paul or team Carini there? Come on. Ugh. That's not a question. There's yeah. only one team there. It's uh, team Carini. Every time I see yeah. Paul, first of all, he runs like a weirdo. Yes. That's neither here nor there, really, but it's he runs like a fucking weirdo. He, he, runs so, he seems a little too aware of it also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to just sit with the mess and, and just like sort of work that out. Yeah. He probably provided one of the greatest like 
six minutes of reality television in the history of reality television when yeah. they were at the park and he ran away <laughs> and then a guy with a gun showed up and like yeah. a, machete, a, machete, like, a, machete. a machete and like and then a shootout happened in the woods like yeah and was, the crew got robbed that, and that paul was just like paul was just like what's yeah. going on guys <laughs> yeah that was truly that was the moment where i was like this is the best reality show yes ever that was what oh, sold me yeah. and yeah. to see him go from that to careening I mean, you see her lose her youth and innocence yes. across the seasons. Like when you remember her doing like little TikTok dances in the beginning, and now she's just like with this baby, miserable in like Kentucky or whatever. Oh. And you're just like, oh, please just go home. Please just go back home. It just blows my mind. Like, especially with the American men, they're not the cream of the crop. And no. the women are eight times out of 10 really beautiful women. Yes. And, and beyond that, they seem like great people. Yeah. And I always just think, do you understand that Paul is literally the bottom of the bottom of the barrel here? <laughs> like, you can do so much better. This is not your American king. I'm afraid not. <laughs> No, it's really like it is so interesting how like it speaks so much to just like it seems like every American like that is what's so interesting also is like the Americans view being American is this amazing asset. And like that is also like a funny arc to almost every couple of the show. Oh, yeah. The partner slowly realizing that America is really not better than the place they came oh, from. Yeah. I love when like the, the Russian women come over and they're just like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> you still live with your parents? Like, you don't have a car? Like, what is this place? Mm -hmm. When the woman who came from the wealthy family in maybe Indonesia came yes. with her family and she expected the guy to like get them all hotel rooms and so on. And they were thinking it was going to be like the Waldorf Astoria. And it was more like the Hampton Inn. And then she had to go with him to his very humble home. And yeah. I just thought, oh yeah, girl, I don't know what you thought, but I mean, first of all, like, like common sense should tell you, you watch television, you know, you know what's there. And that actually, since I now know you are both, experts in 90 day i think Completed. we can talk about yeah, yeah we can talk about this couple who i think are maybe the best example of just that that messed up american exceptionalism the show captures so well danielle and mohammed yeah one of i think the, mm -hmm. the greatest 90 day couples for me it's hard to pick a team i mean i i am team mohammed actually on that one i think if you tell me that you're going to bring me to your country and then i get here and you like don't have heat and electricity that like, you should have gave me a heads up so I got to side with him. But what about you two, Mohammed versus Danielle? They were tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because Danielle, I, that's the one storyline I didn't quite enjoy. Because Danielle doesn't seem that she's on the same sort of yeah. plane of reality as the rest of us. And so it started to feel like the show really was taking advantage of someone who does not have the same capacity to make sense of social situations and then like kept seem seeming to egg her on to chase Muhammad who's yeah. interested yeah. and also probably gay. So yes. yeah. yeah, when they sent her to Miami, it was like that was when I was like, okay, the producers are kind of evil people here. Yes. And it seems like after that they really rotated the whole show. They tried to get more people who were genuinely in love, people who I don't know, like Kenny and Armando who are like actually representing issues. Versus kind of the people I think just are in it for the reality TV show drama. I mean, I guess they still have that with like Brittany and Yazan, who I just am like, are you guys just here to get Instagram followers? I don't yes. know what you're doing. No, I agree. I feel like it's almost like they brought it to the brink of what was remotely palatable and kind of brought like or way past the brink and then brought it back. And I do think a lot of like it's true, like I and for lack of a better word, a lot of the people just seem very stupid. And okay. I think like, that's okay. But then when it goes into like a clinical place, I think that's when you're just like, oh, they're, this is, they're taking advantage yeah. of people and putting them in a, in just a situation that they should not be in. Yeah. I think Chantel and Pedro, they're Chantel y Pedro. They're a perfect example of just they're too, so stupid. Yeah. yeah, they're just beautiful idiots. They're yes. beautiful idiots who <laughs> fell in love, and it was like, okay, let them try to work it out. They were great, but what was the name of the blonde girl who's uh, just very, very just round and pleasant, and she has the daughter, 
Mich- uh, Azan and Nicole. Yeah. Like Azan and Nicole. Like yeah. with her, she was just so not bright and yes. kept giving him money. Yeah. People who like, when it's like the millionaire who has the uh, Brazilian girlfriend on a recent season, like he deserves to get taken advantage of. Yes, and that's yes, fine. Sure. He's just a love that. Bag. But Nicole was clearly not bright and has no money. And so I don't, it's harder to enjoy the show when someone's not bright, but they're being taken advantage of in ways that they probably can't stop. Versus people who know they're being taken advantage of and are fine because they get something out of it. Like yeah. Azan didn't like her. So she didn't even get like affection or love or good dick. She got like just <laughs> phone calls. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was cheating on her, it seemed like. Yes. Uh, a lot. A lot. And she brought her daughter over there and was had her calling him daddy. And I was just like, no, please Part don't do this. Part of me thought they maybe. I look at them and I think maybe it's fake. They're the ones where I'm like, maybe they just them. Like, I think like maybe they don't actually like each other at this point. And they're just like, they pay us to be on the show. We get like some money from it. Uh-huh. Like, let's just kind of ride this thing out. Yeah, I, I want to hope that for Nicole. But I genuinely yeah. think she loves him and she won't at this point deny it she's just like i'm in too deep i just gotta go with it i love him and then on her this is a 90 day like conspiracy theory that she runs his instagram account Uh, yeah (laughs) that she runs his account and that they actually have not spoken in a long time and broke up but she just keeps up the illusion that they're together wow that's some deep state stuff right i like that though but that's what's kind of great about the show is like it swings drastically between being like mindless entertainment and like deeply troubling <laughs> in, in a way that like it does keep you on your toes you know and I, mm-hmm. I think that's why like there is something so like addictive and enthralling about it like I also watch like so much reality television but there is something about this show that is like weirdly it like is tapping into this thing that like I didn't know existed and then you're just like oh there's a lot of it going on and it's never exactly what you think it's going to be is also kind of like what I found fascinating about it when I first started is like intuition is like oh it's always just going to be like some rich American and some attractive person from a foreign land who wants citizenship and that's the agreement and it's like it's never that <laughs> like it's literally never that <laughs> yeah and then they go the other way and I'm so bad at names but I'll, I'll tell you their entire life stories but oh yes. I got all the names don't worry <laughs> the blonde woman who goes to India yeah. Sumit and Jenny. Yeah, wow, yeah. And then she finds out he's married and she's like 30 years older than him, which I have no problem Old, with. Yeah, older than his parents. Yeah, uh, yeah. But with them, I kind of feel like, I think Sumit might really like want to taste her cakes. Like, I think he's into it. I think I do too. I think she, yeah. she, I think a lot of it comes down, excuse being craft, is like the, craft. and this, this applies to so many couples in my actual life that I look at that I know. And I'm like, they seem like a weird couple, but they are, they've been together a long time. And in my head, the answer is like, they're always doing some fucked up thing sexually that I just don't understand and that they mm-hmm. don't talk about. Yeah. And like, and they found each other and like, they have all these other problems, but like, she's putting like a traffic cone in his ass while he like jerks off onto her head and like they love that and they have that and i don't i don't know about it but it's a beautiful thing for them that is like an anchor of their relationship and i look at a lot of these couples and i think probably something similar is going on yeah by the time this airs viewers you will have seen the sumit and jenny quarantine episode on 90 day the other way season two and yeah they are freaky disgusting and gross they just they're just like oh you feel like all jenny ever wanted was to lock him in a room alone and quarantine was her dream she's like feeding him strawberries and that it's like she's the happiest she's ever been but I feel like he really does love her, but yeah. thought his family would step in sooner because he just uh-huh. seems so reluctant to actually go through with the marriage. And it, that's the thing with 90 Day. You never actually know. No, you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So I am kind of curious if you have any sort of like show heroes. Personally, my hero on the show is Anfisa. She dated George, who you might remember ended up going to jail for weed possession and Anfisa came from Russia, Kita's car, but she is my hero because in the end he went to jail. She got citizenship, got 
all of his like property, took over everything, and now she's just like a power lifter who makes yeah, like, a ton of together. money on cameo. <laughs> and I just feel like she came out so far ahead that I'm just like, that's the way to do it, girl. You put up with some dumb guy and just take all of his money and I don't know. I guess like he can deal with like weed jail or whatever. <laughs> uh, he did get out. They he got out in his quarantine episode. He is doing good now. Doesn't talk to Anfisa anymore. But I just I'm like that to me is a hero story. Yeah, her American dream absolutely came true. Yeah, yeah, and she never really lied to him either. She was always like, "Oh, I'm usually like it, she," yeah, and, she, and he just couldn't accept it. Like, yeah, was she was straight up like, "I want a car. I want an apartment." Yeah, she would straight up be very clear about. I am in this as a transactional relationship. Yeah. And she would always be like, no, she just can't express her feelings. And I'm like, yeah. no. And he'd always be like, so you don't love me? And she's like, no. And he'd be like, she does this weird thing where she tells me she doesn't love me. And she's only in this. <laughs> like, it's not that weird. <laughs> yeah. So often I feel like they try to convince themselves of like a cultural thing. They'll be like, oh, no, Ukrainians just don't say I love you. And then you like hear them talking to their family and they're just like, oh, tell uncle I love them and my cousin and my second cousin I love them. And oh, I hate this guy. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was good. Who are other heroic figures on the show? The Cole team. What, what's her? Alyssa? Uh, Larissa? Larissa. Are yeah. you team? Okay. You're team Larissa. In the I don't know if I am, but I just, she is a funny character to me. Hold on, she's amazing. Up. And she's another one who's honest. Yes. She was also like, I just want you to pay for my boob job, pay for my nose job, and yeah. we are going to be happy and in love. That's all I, I need. Yeah, I respect all the all, everyone who's on it who is like very honest. And whenever it feels contrived or like they're doing anything for the cameras is the ones I kind of turn on, I feel like. where Because it also is so real sometimes yeah. that when it feels not real, it really stands out. And you're just like, oh, they're arguing about like stupid the russian dude he's not russian he's from georgia or something like that oh, the guy uh, um, and the big huge hulking guy uh, andre? and the blonde uh, yeah andre andre yeah like their shit feels fake to me i, I always make yeah it like they're just rehashing family arguments they've had a million times and yeah. just for and they're never gonna resolve them. yeah you know what's interesting to me about colty is that he seems to have no capacity for shame <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah he lives with his mom he is not the most attractive person. He kind of looks like a potato. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just, I mean, be like, live your truth. But she was just like straight up, he's the worst lay in the world. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's talking about like how great the sex is. And he knows this is out there and he continues to do the show. Yeah. It's it's really interesting to me. So, like, is his kink humiliation? I, I'm very interested in it. It almost seems like it is. Like, it, it does almost seem like he, yeah, he, it's like he gets off on people thinking he's an idiot or something. I like mean, that. on the pillow, he was sitting right next to his mom yelling, I have lots of sex. I'm so good at sex. And it's just like, what who oh how did the producers find this person no yeah his mom oh. who reminds me of the lady from throw mama from the train who's also <laughs> the, the bad lady from the goonies yeah i know her from the goonies and the mothers that appear on this i just think how sad like you look at your son and this is what has become of your son and the whole world knows this and you know the whole world knows this and the fathers are completely absent and oh man yeah that's, that's really the arc with paul's mom i feel like like i feel like at the beginning paul's mom was a fucking weirdo and like mm -hmm. was giving him her hair uh and stuff like that and now in these newer seasons paul bob is like paul like Get your shit together, you idiot. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you, man? She's like, like, yeah. And also, yeah, like you said, the dads are just gone. Paul's dad is just like, don't put me on the show. Don't even mention my name. I hate yeah. my son. And then his mom just comes around to be like, did you just drag me here to buy you dog food? <laughs> <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm curious about the kind of world of the spinoffs. Do you get into the family Chantel? Are you watching Darcy and Stacy? Do you, do you kind of go that far into it? I don't watch them religiously, but if they're on, I absolutely do. So I go, I'm pretty deep in. I am pretty deep in, especially with Darcy and Stacy. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I was watching that this morning. Yeah, I legitimately know. can't tell them apart, though. And my <laughs> wife is always yelling at me because I'm always like, which one is that? And she's just like, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, and they, there's one point, like, I think in the second episode where Stacy is like, I'm the one with the bigger tits and Darcy gets really mad about it. But it does it's work true. as a guide. It is true. It's yeah. the quickest way I, I can do it. So I just think, let's just send a therapist to your house and like they just need a lot of therapy. There's so much going on there with body image and oh, yeah. with worth and with competition and this need for a man and like Darcy pining after Tom when Tom like never even liked her, let alone wanted to marry her. No. And, and like, girl, he tossed you a crumb and you thought it was a meal. A Mm-mm. key, a skeleton key. Oh, that just, that broke my heart when he was like, here's a key. Oh, that was... Yeah, and he yeah. did it in a way where he knew that he was making her think that oh, a yeah. ring was to pop out. He's a sadist. He's a mean and, man. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with being a sadist, but you have to find a masochist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we all... I interviewed David and Annie a few days ago, and they all agree. He's, oh, yeah. he's horrible. He's very mean. And they do this thing, both of them, Darcy and Stacey, though, where they are constantly saying their inner monologue out loud as Mm -hmm. though they can't as though it's like air escaping from a balloon (laughs) like they can't and you could tell they're trying not to and they're like oh what a nice dinner sure would be great if you proposed to me right now like like, they can't they just can't stop it and like it's like the one thing it's almost like it's like someone sat down was like just don't say this one sentence like that's it that's all you need to do to make this not weird and they're like okay got it got it and then like the second it's there it's just like are you gonna propose propose to me today is that what it's gonna like, and they both do it, and they yeah. can't. Help it. And, it's and I thought, like, I thought Stacy was kind of the the more calm one of the no. two. But no. no, you see her with Fabian or whatever, Fabian. Yeah, and and it's just like they go to get dinner with his parents, and she's just like, you, "Oh my god!" Like, I we need to tell my dad right now that you were in an Instagram video with another woman, yeah. and it's just like, "What? Just, just have breakfast, girl. Calm down." Yeah, it's, your so, dad doesn't know about Instagram. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, talk, yeah, first explain what a, what Instagram is, and then yeah, they're searching for trouble. I think. I really also want to ask you your opinions on Asuelo and Kalani. That is another one of my favorite couples, just because oh. I feel like Kalani, please leave him. Yeah, I'm on team both of them for different reasons. Asuelo is just a dumb young guy who's hot. (laughs) And he just wants to have sex and be thick and happy. And I support him in this. Like, he found his path. And unfortunately, Kalani has a family that clearly seems to love her. And they're not as cuckoo as family Chantel, which is nice. But she keeps expecting Asuelo to grow up. And you would think now, five years in or so, that he would have. But Clearly, like, girl, he's never going to grow up. No. <laughs> You're a man, and you keep having babies with him. Like, that's on you. Yes. It shocks me. As someone who's been in a relationship for 15 years and doesn't have a kid, that is also, like, one of the themes of the show that I'm always just like, these people are having another fucking kid now? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, what just in are... your life is telling you this is a good idea? It is truly unbelievable. I don't know if the producers are Catholic or they don't allow birth control on set or something, but I just don't understand how they all are just like, we're pregnant. Let's do it. Like love life after lockup. I kind of understand, I guess like they want to lock something, but this, I'm just like, come on, you guys, you just like, 
And Kalani knows better too. She's educated. Like she comes yes. from something. Like she's she the one. Yeah, she's confounding. She's the one I think me and Lauren, my wife, talk about the most in that we're just like, she seems like she would un- see what is happening here. <laughs> like, like, it seems like this guy has always, has never misrepresented what a kind of dim, <laughs> like, uh, man child he yeah. is. Like, he just wants to play volleyball, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's just he like, let, yeah. let me do my thing. And then his family is just like, send us thousands of dollars, please. Yeah. That I think is cool. You rarely kind of see the family pressures that are put on the couples. That but in remarkable. that one, yeah, I was like, oh, she really wants to fight Kalani. Okay. Yeah. That was amazing. I think a lot about the couple, I think, from the first season, maybe. And it was like the missionary guy who met the woman in an African country. I can't yes. remember. Yeah, uh, I can't remember their name, but yeah. He- and she was so delightful and smiley and happy all the time. Like, there's some I think about in my boring hours. I just kind of think, like, I hope they're happy. I yeah. Like, I don't and, know what happened to them. Yeah. And they, I was going to ask, there are the kind of smaller digital only spinoffs. Those I think are for the real 90 day addicts. The what now, the just landed, what now yeah. you can see that couple. They have two kids now. They're really thriving. They're doing wonderful. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, check you it know, out. <laughs> I feel like they kind of reroute the boring couples to the digital only spinoffs. And then they're just like, no, put like Jay and Ashley on Happily Ever After. The happy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That makes sense. Curious on your thoughts on Jay and Ashley. I feel like one of the things that's interesting in the show, and I guess Saturday Night Live just got in trouble with this, is its depiction of men of color and sort of white women using them. And you see that with Jay and Ashley. You see it so often in the show. And it's so hard to kind of feel sympathy on either side when you have someone like Ashley, this like really conservative person who's like, I will call immigration on you if you don't do what I want. And then, you know, you also have this person who's very clearly like, if you don't buy me like 10,000 Rolex watches, this isn't love. So, you know, with Jay, the thing is that Ashley knows what she was getting into and she knew what she was doing. She was looking for a young man, Dingo, and it's extraordinarily racist of her. And then she brings him back to her racist home and expects that everything is going to be okay. But like, girl, you got a boy toy, which means you have to pay for that. That He didn't come for free. He's 18 years old. He's 18, attractive. And he comes from a long tradition of players. His dad is a player. He told you this. And you're like, oh no, he's changed. Mm -mm. No, he has not changed. So I blame Ashley. So I must say on that one, I'm on team J, especially because when you're just casually like, I'm going to call the police on you, a black man, me, a blonde woman, Like that's saying, I am fine with you losing your life right now. Yeah. I feel like those kind of moments of racism, the show highlights and captures. And I don't know. I think that's why the show kind of is another reason it gets this really kind of broad, intelligent audience, even though it's trash reality show, is that you can point to it and be like, look at this country. You can't just call the police on someone like this, even if, you know, their friends at the barbershop are showing you actual footage of them cheating on you in the barbershop bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which one of my all-time favorite moments that like they broke bro code so hard to just be like, girl, he's he fucked someone in my bathroom. You gotta see this. Yeah, but I think it is something I I hear or I see racist people saying online a lot, for example, is like this person is married to a blank how can they be racist and i think the show is like the perfect illustration of exactly how you know (laughs) like you just see like how much ownership these people expect to have over their spouses and how it is speaking to the implicit roles that their different races are playing in the dynamic and it is like so i think interesting from that standpoint and something that I'm constantly hearing bigoted morons arguing does not exist. And like, of all places to see it, you know, heavily featured, you know, 90 Day Fiance is weirdly one of them. Yeah, it's on the pulse of our country, I think. Yeah, I think when you watch 90 Day Fiance, you can't be shocked Trump was president of this country for four years. No, and you see Angela, who literally can't get her husband to America because of the Trump policies. I, I think yeah. and they never quite like say it explicitly. They but- would never blame Trump. Angela and Michael no. love him. But it's like, you know, he's calling that a shithole country. And they're just like, we know yeah. that's why we got to get him to 
like her trailer in Georgia. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And you, it's so interesting that she's clearly a Trump voter and she's like married or marrying a black man. It just blows my mind every time. And like him, I'm just like, mm, you know what you're doing here. Yeah. Please. He's he's like the Larry David of the show to me. Like he's like a guy who just like had this plan and it just like keeps going wrong in the most spectacular way. And every time he could like bail out of it, he's like, "No, I'm gonna keep going." Like I yeah. think I think it's gonna work out. He's like, "No, no, like I, it's two, we're two <laughs> weeks away." Still some hope here. Exactly. And I just always picture his friends being like, what are you doing, man? And he'd be like, don't worry. Like, I got this. It's going to work this time. Like, I, I'm close. I can feel it. I'm close. And like, yeah. he's never stepped foot on American soil, I don't think. Has no, he? never even visited. Not one. It's like, it is sad and racist and many other things. But he, unfortunately, I find to be like a somewhat comedic person. Yeah, I feel absolutely okay laughing at them versus like a Danielle and Mohammed. Like, yeah. Angela and Michael, I am just like, absolutely. When his aunt was like, why do you put up with this with a, from a white woman? Do you want to disgrace yourself? <laughs> Is this well, like, why do you do this? And I was just like, yeah, get into it. Let's really tear him apart. <laughs> He's wild. <laughs> but other than 90 Day Fiance, what are you two watching right now? Oh, <laughs> Okay, this is going to sound fake, but it's true. Longshot is currently making the rounds of one of the cable movie channels. <laughs> so I watch it every single time it comes on. That's so lovely. Yeah, that is the truth. And I'm also watching a lot of Law & Order SVU. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and pretty yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah, it's, it's coming so back pretty soon I, with a new season. Pete Campbell for Mad Men is in it. I want to see him get arrested as a sex pervert, of course. (laughs) Yeah. He deserves it. That's a show we went back from to like the first season and we're like, we've watched this too kind of scattershot. Like we're going to go back to the very beginning and start. And it's, it is a different experience. I got to say it's wild. It's funny. Cause also like it does track, like this is a web page. People use them to put pictures <laughs> on. Like it really tracks. <laughs> like when you go back, it's funny seeing like, Oh, the evolution of, <laughs> of technology is really unfolding before my eyes. Yeah, and they're just like, this is an iPhone. Um, you telling me these kids, Kids these days can just take news from their pocket. (laughs) They're they're sending messages to each other on these things. Yeah, it's pretty. (laughs) It's pretty wonderful. What's also amazing that show is that it has the darkest subject matter maybe of any show on television, and it is not a dark (laughs) show to watch. Like it, it, it's like it's almost a light and breezy show to watch. Is what what is so. I mean, in college, uh, my friends and I in college, we would play a drinking game. We'd watch old seasons, and you take a shot anytime you see someone who famous like you see a young kiki palmer oh, and yeah. then you know you feel bad because you're like are we is this bad that we're like drinking to uh, child porn ring but it is it is weirdly watchable and not like subversive feeling in any way shape <laughs> or form <laughs> are you watching any new shows below deck i've been watching oh, oh yes i love below deck <laughs> Yeah, let's get these yachties and what they might be up to. Yeah, I love Below Deck. They've asked me to be on Below Deck a few times. And what's crazy about that is they, you pay to be on the show. Like you pay $60,000 to go, to go be on Below Deck for two days, which to me, that's like a business model. Unlike no other, I think where you have a TV show that people pay you tens of thousands of dollars to appear on every week. Yeah. There are some shows I think I would do that with. I some. think, yeah, Love is Blind, I would pay to be on <laughs> I think I'd be really good at it. <laughs> that show was wild. The only new show I'm really watching is, I tried to get into industry the other night. Well, it's only, I've only it's, mm. I just watched it this morning. It's just, it's not for me. It's not good. Yes, I would agree. I did not think it was for me. I don't, I'm not sure who it's for. I don't know who out there was like, I need to watch a TV show about a, bankers like finance guys like let's get a sad story going for them root for your finance girl (laughs) a show about the job that when anyone starts describing it to me i tune out automatically yeah i don't want to watch you work i don't want to watch me work i I don't know just the first episode i was like i don't want any of these people to succeed at ripping (laughs) off the world who am i supposed to root for here so yeah i know it's it's investment banking there's only bad guys here yeah Yeah, but then they're then they're like well it's a black girl though so root for her. yeah, <laughs> yeah I, but I'm doing oh undoing is great yeah i've heard that's good 
it's a good quarantine show. It's very steamy. I like Ooh. that about it for quarantine. <laughs> and I always enjoy show. Hugh Grant sort of being floppy and interesting. Hugh Grant's a treasure. love that love that i love that you both are like oh i really truly do watch reality show trash i'm not watching any new like prestige television like forget about that no No, i am all caught up on 90 days that's what it is i watch it specifically because i it is and maybe it's like Roxanne, it's similar i I mean maybe not like i think it's because i write a lot of the day and i am thinking about creative things and pursuits that when I when I'm trying to relax if I'm watching if genuinely if I'm watching a TV show that's good it is not relaxing to me it is yeah. it's engaging and challenging and maybe stimulating and but it's a lot of things it's enjoyable sometimes but it's not like a relaxing experience <laughs> and when I watch reality TV like it's truly relaxing and like it has nothing to do with what I'm spending the rest of my day doing like in any way shape or form cameras are involved that's the closest thing but other than that like yeah when I'm watching like a good TV show it's like it's overly engaging I think sometimes yeah oh the, I watched the Queen's Gambit and it just like I couldn't think about anything else for yeah. two days I was just like oh my gosh how did they do this I'm yeah. studying it I want to write about it and then, you know, the embrace of 90 Day Fiance. Exactly. <laughs> like a warm bath. <laughs> I have to say, I agree. I When I sit down in front of the television, especially after a long day of working and whatnot, I don't want to think and try to put plots together. And mm-hmm. even though I enjoy that, I enjoy prestige television. I write prestige television. Like, I'm here for it. I just, it's too much. Like, yeah. some people just want something mindless. I want to watch Nailed It on Netflix. And watch these people bake really badly. And Nicole Byer is so funny. Like, I just want to laugh. She's amazing. Something like that. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, Yeah. she's absolutely amazing. And I will be talking to her about 90 Day Fiance just as a teaser for listeners out there. Tell her Uh, how. Yeah, she wanted to join this conversation and (laughs) couldn't make it work with the schedules. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't even think I could handle that, actually. That would have been like a cherry on the sundae. Exactly. Like, well, I'm going to be talking to her and Sean Robinson. If you want to join us uh, in a few <laughs> weeks, it'll Robinson. be them together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she really asks the, like, I watch some of these reunion sh- things and you're just like, they're not asking the fucking questions you really want them to ask. She really, like, good on her. She asks wildly uncomfortable questions to me. I know. And then she, like, holds that, that awkward moment and, like, expects them to answer. She doesn't like them to sort of skulk away. And no. I just... Oh, I want to crawl out of my own skin. Right now. I know. I'd yeah. be so awkward doing that. <laughs> That's how like I'd be like a giggling red mess, and she's just like, "So, like, explain this incredibly strange thing to me." <laughs> I feel like I would just constantly be attacking them. I'd be like, "Tom, why'd you give her a key? A key? Are you crazy, Tom?" And she's just so like fair. Yeah. And I got permission to mention this to you too. But TLC is doing a spinoff. Sean is going to have her own show. That's like. It's like Ayanla Fix My Life, but it's like Sean Robinson fixing the lives of 90 Day Fiance contestants. It's called 90 Day Fiance Bears All. It debuts January 4th on the Discovery Plus app that they just That's announced. Great. Are you serious? Yes, I'm 100% serious. Oh, That's wonderful. It into my veins. Yeah. yeah I was <laughs> like, I'm going to watch every moment. And they're like, yeah, she does like therapy with them. And then it's like uh. her being like... Big Ed, you were a classic pianist at one time. Why don't you play a song for us? Oh, there's nothing more like satisfying than seeing someone say something to the stupid people that you yourself wish you could say. And like yes. a whole show of that, that sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> uh, Sean Robinson, I tried Of all of the men on the show, Big Ed is the one who feels most like a colonizer who yes. went to a different oh. country to exploit a young woman. Oh, yeah. And the audacity, I want her to take a test. First oh. of all, she doesn't want to sleep with you, so you are being very presumptuous. He was oh. such a dick. I've never turned on someone so hard, and it shows what a dick he is, because, like, inherently human nature is to, like, be sympathetic towards someone like him. And, like, he overrode everyone's instinct to do that. Like, it was, what a wild feat. Like, it you happened know. so fast. I was ready. I was, like, I was on Team Ed. I was, like, you know, yeah. short guys, they try harder. No. I really wanted to embrace him because of the next situation. And then, mm-mm, nope, he, no. do it. 
when he went to her house and then was like, we got to get out of here and like, didn't want to take the kid with them and shit like that. You're just like, Oh, this guy's just like a bad, he's just a, a bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah. When he's like, I got her mouthwash and it's just like, what is wrong with you? And all he had to do was give her kid. That was like, yeah. she would have put up with his horrible everything. If he had just been like, fine, I'll bring you to America and give you a baby. And it literally seems like these people don't like Google map where they're going. Like, yeah. it's like they don't, it's like they show up and they're like, this is what a village in the Brazilian <laughs> rainforest looks like. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, what, the, what do you think it looks like? Where like, do you oh, think it's you're going? Here? Yeah, like, <laughs> type in the word. And it'll show Just you do a little it, research. I mean, it'll take you four minutes to see where you were going. And like, yeah, and they don't even take the time to learn no. the language half the time. I with Kenny and Armando when Kenny went to Mexico oh, yeah. and is like, I'm going to be a stepdad, but not even learn Spanish. Yeah, like. Uh, just the Americanness of it. It's so good. It's wild. <laughs> So I want to say we've gone over time and I just want to check in. I feel like we've covered everything I had. I think this has been an amazing conversation. Oh my God. It's been wonderful. Is there anything else you two want to talk about on the show? Please. I'm always just glad to have enough. People always want to ask me about like high level nonsense, which is great. You know, I get it, but this is my real passion. So thank you. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I, I thank you so much. <laughs> this is, this is all I really want to be talking about. So I appreciate Same. it also. <laughs> Same. Thank you both so much for doing the pod, for talking about 90 day fiance, a true passion that yes. we all share. I'm glad it brought us together. It brings people together. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you. Nice meeting you virtually. <laughs> wow. Dreams really do come true with that conversation. I, I I still am amazed that that actually happened. Thank you so much for listening and for watching 90 Day Fiance. Watch the show. So the eighth season has just started. I am doing weekly recaps for Vulture, so you can read those, join along. And of course, listen to the podcast where I'll be talking about it. If you enjoyed this conversation, please, please donate to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash TVISAPod. I have some really special content coming up, some really behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that you're only going to get if you subscribe. We have three different levels, different things you get to access. You can watch TV with me, make me write TV recaps of something you pick. All you got to do is subscribe and tell me what you want me to do. There's some other fun stuff on there. You're going to love it. Otherwise, just give this five stars, rate and review. Keep listening because this is TV I Say with Ashley Ray, and we'll be back with another episode. The TV I Say theme song was made by Rafia Santana, and our artwork was created by Chastity Hyman. Another episode, another episode.